this episode of Tailgate Talks brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central at www.twitch.tv backslash BlancaOG. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Tailgate Talks episode 41. This is going to be the Club Red portion of the episode. We're going to be kicking it over, talking a little bit NBA news with y'all later on. Uh, So make sure if you are subscribed to the podcast, you go ahead and make sure you check out both of those episodes for us. Make sure they get downloaded. Uh, But while we're on the topic of that, uh, if you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. And if it is on iTunes, Make sure you give us that five-star rating. Make sure you drop a review below. Really helps us out in the long run. As far as uh, social media, you can find us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, as well as YouTube. And if uh, we do, please check out the YouTube channel. We post videos two to three times a week. Make sure you subscribe and hit that bell notification every time you want to be notified of a new video being posted. As far as our personal accounts, Dustin, you can find him at DustinWimmer22. Brooks. You can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. Lastly, if you have any sort of suggestions, thoughts, questions, or anything like that that you want to hear us discuss on the show, you can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, This is going to be our first week to be kind of segmenting the show. We're going to be splitting this up because we have some great interviews coming up for you guys in the next couple weeks. So this is a little bit of our test run. But we're going to go ahead and jump into Club Red. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about a uh, recent commit, uh, and then we have our the ending to our Texas Tech football series. Uh, so let's go ahead and just jump right into it, guys. Uh, first thing that we're going to be talking about, Texas Tech basketball news. Big, big time here. I'm actually really in favor of this one. Uh, Kevin O'Banner commits to Texas Tech. He was already there at the practice facilities. He's already playing, doing phenomenal stuff with the, with the other guys. Good to see him out there. Um and for those that didn't know, he was with uh, with Oral Roberts whenever they had their run in the tournament this year. Big time, big time dude. It's a big time uh, pickup for us. Um, so Dustin, thoughts on thoughts on on the on the new new uh, acquisition for Texas Tech basketball? Freaking huge is what it is. I mean, we just picked up a big time starter for us, especially two in the last week with him and TJ coming back. But he was really highly recruited, a bunch of big schools, one of them big schools that made tournament runs last year. And it came down to us in Arkansas. And if you hopped on Twitter on like, I don't know, Tuesday and Wednesday, Arkansas fans would have made you think they had him in the bag. And they were very uh, vocal about it on Twitter. Uh, It's good to kind of just shut them up for one, but – (laughs) <laughs> Kevin O'Banner is huge, um, gives us a very skilled big man, which because we don't have a seven footer or 16 guy, something like that, him being able to shoot the ball really well and drive it can really create huge mismatches on the other end for us. 
So we can play him at the four or five and bring out their big men and cause matchup problems um, for a lot, a lot of teams. So he's going to be a huge, huge addition, especially with that three-point shooting. Very, very big time. I, and, I mean, had a phenomenal tournament run here. Brooks, thoughts on, thoughts on the recent acquisition? Yeah, Dustin mentioned it was a competitive battle to get him. And if you look at the, the three teams kind of involved in that, it's funny because it's us in Arkansas who Arkansas knocked us out of the tournament last year. And then the kid, you know, transferring from Oral Roberts, who Arkansas also knocked out of the tournament last year. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so he picks us over Arkansas. It's a huge get for us, obviously. It shows that we can be pretty competitive in the recruiting game. I like that you said acquisition because that's how it feels more than just like a commitment. It feels more like an acquisition now oh, with these absolutely. NIL rules. Uh, it feels a little more like a professional, like, oh, we got a free agent. That's kind of what what it feels like at this point. But, yeah, he's a very big dude. He's versatile. He averaged 18.7 points, 9.6 rebounds a game last year. He shot 46.3% from three which was first nationally amongst all forwards. So that's the big thing right there. That's super encouraging. And he's also an 88% free throw shooter. So mm -hmm. just the versatility that he brings is going to be huge for this team. And it's kind of clear, like we've said, we just want a bunch of dudes from that 6'9 down to like 6'6 range who can really space the floor, make defenses really have to work on you there's not a guy that you can really sit on other than um marcus santos silva really uh all our other guys kind of have an inside outside game so you know the just talk right now is mixing and matching lineups who's going to be starters all that stuff because uh, i think we all either had santos silva or bryson williams penciled in and then o'banner commits to us and so that kind of mixes things up but it's definitely been a huge week for Texas Tech basketball, getting TJ and then O'Banner. Yeah. It's raised your ceiling a lot. Like we talked even just about TJ coming back raises your ceiling. Well, this raises it even more because now you just add another dude to this team that's already pretty loaded. So uh, I'm just – I can't wait for basketball season. It's a huge pickup. We can obviously recruit with the best of them, and that's my big pickup here is – is uh, we can get these top guys because Eric Musselman over there at Arkansas, he's a stone cold killer in the in the recruiting world. So uh, to get a guy over him, that that yeah. says a lot to me. Big big news. No, and then for for those that don't remember very well in the tournament, uh, O'Banner was part of that ORU team that upset uh, Ohio State, dropped a thirty bomb in that thing, uh, and then and then went around next week, dropped twenty eight. So we're going to have a big guy, a relatively big guy, uh, at, at 6'8", 225, uh, just just putting up numbers for us. And he can do it in the tournament, which is another big thing going into this next season. Uh, but good news, obviously. Um, yeah, it's great news. Uh, he's one of those – got to come up with a new, new terminology for positions instead of like 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 because yeah. – He's just one of those dudes that's going to probably be a mix between a three, a four, and a five. He's going to be able to defend a lot of those guys, yeah. and he's probably going to have those dudes on him at times because of the way he can move and shoot and everything like that. So 
<laughs> we just got to figure out because he's not a unicorn. I wouldn't call him a unicorn. I think the unicorns are like those seven foot guys who can do both. Freaking got to figure out a terminology for <laughs> for this type of guy who can. Yeah, that's what's awesome about him is we can mix and match so many rosters and lineups. I know Rostein tweeted out as soon as that hit that we had him and Bryson Williams playing with each other, but we could also go small and put him at the five. And like TJ's our four and play three guards also. And I mean, he's just going to help us do so many more things. It adds a lot of versatility. Yeah. And there's so many fun lineup options that you can do with yeah. this team. So I mean, Dustin hanging out this weekend, we were just kind of running through the ideas of it. And there's just so many ways you could go with the starting lineup. Or, in, yeah. <laughs> in crunch time, there's, there's a lot of options and that's, what's fun about this team is you can throw in a lot of dudes and then they're, we're like, Oh yeah, there's this guy that you can also use. And so I can't wait for the start of the season when we're playing some of these kind of scrub teams, just to see how he works with the lineup, who gets kind of what minutes, uh, where and then of course when you get our first good competition to see kind of who are the guys that he trusts in moments so there's a lot of room uh, to work with this team and I'm just I'm ready for the season I'm ready to see uh, what happens with the coach Mark Adams led basketball team we're we're making good moves I, I you didn't know how it was gonna go with with the coaching changes but I it, it's every single move that the, that he keeps making Every single yeah. new 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 sign that he picks up is in a positive direction. So I mean, like if yeah. you keep you keep going forward, you're gonna you're gonna make progress. And so like, I'm feeling more and more confident the closer the season gets. Yeah, I think everybody who everybody was trying to project a lot at the very beginning and try to make it seem like they're not thinking about the previous coach. So they're trying to act and put on this facade like we're not nervous, but. Like deep down, I, until we saw what was going to happen, it was a little nerve wracking because we haven't seen Coach Adams at this level. Mm -mm. And so like the concerns were real. And if you didn't have concerns, I, I think you're just a liar. <laughs> um, but he's definitely put a lot of questions to bed here early that were some of the main things. And now we'll eventually have the, all right, can he coach at the D1 level? That's the next that's the next thing to be answered. But main thing is he can absolutely recruit at That's the D1 the level. Thing. And yeah. so, so far, his offseason check mark, check the box with a big fat red marker. Mm -hmm. Now it's can he bring all those pieces together yeah. and make it and work, or is it just going to clash? Because there's a lot <laughs> of talent, a lot, a lot of big names, a lot of big transfers. Yeah, you're right. But um, <laughs> cool. So uh, that was the big news from Text Tech Basketball this week. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump over to our segment of our favorite and least favorite moments of Texas Tech football. Um, so let's go ahead and kick it off with the worst ones. Uh, the, the other two guys, they have the same favorite one. So we're going to end it on the favorite one. That way they can kind of go back and forth with their little their, their little story of uh, their, their recollection of their favorite moment. So let's go ahead and kick this off with our all-time least favorite. We'll kind of reverse snake this one. Uh, Dustin, go ahead and take the helm uh, as far as the least favorite moment of Texas Tech football. What is your number one? I think you hit on it before, Arlie, but I think it's pretty obvious. Um, the firing of Mike Leach is... Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I 
like a black mark on our program still. I mean, we're over 10 years into this and people think there's a curse to it, but we literally had what, like three straight or four straight 10 win seasons. We were on a national map at that point. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, the board of regents and president just fire leech before a bowl game. And he allegedly like hadn't been paid from that season. And he's gone on to win at another program since that was similar to tech. So that's just kind of like another jab at us. And we just can't get rid of the stigma. And some people haven't forgotten where he brought us up from Yeah, and then left us um, because we kicked him out the door and, it just it sucks that we can't get back close to that. Nah, very good one, um, Brooks. Yeah, that yeah, that, that that's Miley's well. favorite. Yeah, that's Miley's <laughs> favorite moment as well. Um, it's like a lot of points Destin hit there. It's it it's been your highest moments in football, like of at least of my lifetime. You know, we yeah. we had some moments under Spike for sure. And then, and then not to be forgot that he, he was a good coach and he was our most winning yeah. coach until coach Leach came in and completely changed like how Texas tech football is thought of. And people still to this day, think of us as this air raid offense yeah. and just putting up those numbers. And that's because of him and offenses in college changed because of him. And he doesn't get enough credit for all of that. His coaching tree is pretty incredible. Um, just everything he did for us was impressive. And over 10 years, he got us 84 wins and took us to some 10 and two records. And in our one year, made us national championship contenders. So, you know, it, he was a huge coach, the most beloved coach. We adopted the pirate thing from him. Like, yeah. like that's why people still to this day if we have a coaching change or still like bring back leech, like it's yeah. been long enough since and people still aren't over it. That's how, you know, it's a bad breakup. And I think I mentioned it on this, on the show before, but my, my way of finding that news, I was in Disney world oh. and uh, I was in the happiest place on earth waiting to go I'm... see the little lion King show. And my dad, you know, sees the story break and, just has his mouth drop and looks at me and I'm thinking, you know, this could be anything really <laughs> wasn't. And we just fired our best coach ever. Mike Leach is fired. I'm like, wait, what? So in Disney world for a little while, I'm miserable because I'm like, great. We just fired coach Leach. What are we going to do? Where do we go from here? Awful way of hearing it sitting there in Lion King the next 30 minutes, just thinking, Holy crap. Why? And then you found out why and that even adds to it. You that know, Craig, made it worse. Craig, Craig James, that asshole. And um, so tough, uh, tough to happen. You know, it's it's a coach that's beloved here and we've never been able to recover, whether you want to believe in the curse or not. Um, mm. I think we're having technical difficulties a little bit. Yeah, uh, Dustin lost connection. OK, he'll um, be back. He'll he'll be back. But I can't even remember where I was at. uh it was it was the general discussion about uh about being in in uh, yeah the the impact of it i guess the personal impact is where you're at with it the impact yeah it just sucked and i know there are players on both sides of it you there's you know interviews of players who are kind of for it and believe that leach didn't treat his players right and then there's players that love leach so it's just kind of wherever you want to follow on it he's obviously 
done well for himself, gone on to be successful at Mississippi yeah. State and then uh, or at Washington State and now is at Mississippi State. So just tough. You've never been able to recover from it. I oh, think absolutely. I was getting to the curse part, if you believe in the curse or not. Like, it is mm. weird that we haven't been successful since then. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to it, but obviously a sore in the wound for our program. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I think it obviously has to be up there in worst moments, even though it wasn't on the field. Oh, all right. There's Dustin. All right, so definitely back-to-back. Yeah, I think both y'all had this uh, planned out pretty well of having the back-to-back Mike Leeches. I didn't, know he, Leeches. With, I didn't and, know he was going Leech on there. I do then, know our favorite I, I, moments were the same. because I, I have a feeling I know which one's y'all's favorite moments, but we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Um, so uh, any honorable mentions for, for other least favorite moments or big-time disappointments in the Texas Tech football program? Uh, I, I so couldn't I think thought, of any honorable mentions, but that, that, uh, that, I don't know if y'all had any. Dustin, you have a few? Not any specific because, I don't know, in the last five or six years, I've tampered my expectations of tech football, so I don't get as crushed so often. Yeah. <laughs> and so not as much crap sticks out anymore as it did when I was a student and kind of went through the – highs of the leech days and then the low of tuberville and then the lower of cliff and so i've kind of evened out to where not as much sticks out anymore i'll throw a couple out there that <laughs> that i'll go back to uh 2014 season when tcu dropped 82 points on us uh that was not a good moment <laughs> um so, and then the following oh, year I have the, I, the, the tcu tip pass I forgot to mention it at the back oh, of the end zone. I forgot to mention my least favorite. It was going to be that TCU game. Um, I, oh, I, I, I went out of order. <laughs> I went out of order on that one. I kind of just kept moving on because I thought I had it in my head like y'all were gonna. That was that was my least favorite. I was at Texas Tech at the time already, and uh, I couldn't believe that we'd gotten rolled on for eighty-two points. But uh, anyways, I, I completely forgot that was that was my my least favorite or my number one. Wow. Whoopsie dipsies. <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna uh, happen. That was it. Was it the eighty-two point one or yeah. the uh, tip pad? Okay. No, no. Yeah. The eighty, the the twenty fourteen eighty-two point. I was at Texas Tech at the yeah. time, and it was in it was in uh, Fort Worth, so I wasn't able to you know watch that one in person. But that was like uh, my first real season of like being a big fan of Texas Tech. I was there the year before, but it was more of just a hey, I go to school yeah. here kind of thing. Um. And then to see that kind of a that kind of a disappointment. Anyways, yeah, that was uh, that was bad. That was like, all right, we're at the very bottom of the Big Twelve now. Like yeah. we're just terrible. Um, and then the following year, where the yeah the tip pass TCU mm-hmm. on the fourth down that was gut wrenching because that season you felt like you maybe had your best chance of having a good year. Yeah, and. Uh, that loss really hurt. Also have the Iowa State sixty six to ten loss. Uh, Mahomes is last year with us since twenty sixteen. Um, we'll have our loss to Kansas uh, in there as as rough moments. And then the last one I just threw in there is last year's loss to Texas that overtime loss. And uh, 
that one sucked because you had the lead, you were confident, you thought you could win it, and then you had some dumbass coaching decisions and a terrible offensive coordinator. And so Texas came back all the way from what, like a three score deficit to yeah, like you in overtime or something weird like that. 20, I don't remember. Yeah. It was late too. We were up by more than three scores. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that picture early has up on the screen right now is the run, last time we scored in that game is that Sirotic run where we thought we had it had it won. Um, and then, yeah, they came back to beat us. So, yeah, we have a lot of a lot of the bad moments are from recent history. So. Um, yeah, within, <laughs> within the last five, ten those, years. Yeah, I'd uh, say, yeah, that Iowa State one you mentioned really, really freaking stone. Yeah, and um, they still bring it up every time, like, Patrick Mahomes does something good. Like, congratulations. Uh, it's, it's, always, of, it's always going to be. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I know why. Patrick Mahomes is one of the, if not yeah. the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now, so they like to bring up little random Texas Tech shit. But it's also, like, a lot of teams beat him in college, too. So Not like, his I fault. Mean, I guess not his fault. Worst, I put but... zero of that blame on him. And there's some blame to go around on all sides, but anyways, um, so, uh, that's going to wrap up the least favorite. We're going to go ahead and jump over to the favorite side of the final top Texas tech football moments. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and kick off with mine and then I'll go ahead and hand it over to Brooks so you can announce theirs. Uh, my main one, and, uh, this goes back to 2013. It's going to be a pointless game to everybody. But it was just big for me because it was my first game to ever go to. And um, the reason for it was um, I had just moved to Lubbock. I had literally nobody up there that I knew at all. And I was up. I, I had just transferred up. I was up there for engineering. My two other roommates were engineers as well. And they were kind of more like just in their room, stick to themselves type of people. And so it was literally just me. And uh, I had I had a friend that wasn't like a close friend, but he invited me to go play basketball at the rec. And uh, we we go play some pickup ball during the during the summer. And I had just moved up there, and I end up playing a pickup game against Davis Webb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and I, I I didn't know who it was. I was just like, oh hey, cool, nice to meet you, man. And like it was this white dude who's kind of tall, and he's able to dunk, by the way. And so. <laughs> Uh, like it was weird. Six. It was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tall, but it's just like you, you in your head. You're just like, who is this little skinny white dude that's actually dunking on people? And uh, and so and I hang out with him at the cactus afterwards. We're kind of we're having some drinks and we kind of hang out. And we go to a little party afterwards. And that was the first, I guess, uh, local or Lubbock person that I had hung out with or that I had met. And uh, so it was really fun to go. And at, at the time, I think he was a he was a freshman. Uh, and and yeah. Baker and Baker Mayfield was starting for him uh, ahead of him. It was that same year, and uh, it was the it was the SFA game where we beat them sixteen or sorry uh, sixty one to thirteen, and we we smoked the shit out of them. And I'm literally there in the stands by myself again. I had nobody to hang out with, but I just wanted to go watch the game because Texas Tech allows students to go for free. And so I was like, all right, cool, this is awesome. And then we just completely blow them out of the water. Bayfield, uh, Mayfield goes off ton of fun to watch that game but uh that was just my very first texas tech sports moment and it was just kind of cool to have like kind of that relation of like getting to know the 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 freshman incoming quarterback 
getting to know, you know, uh, hang out with him and getting to know him a little bit and then seeing him on the field going to the first game. So that was kind of my personal favorite moment. Uh, obviously nothing crazy because it's FF SFA. So like beating them is not a big deal, but it was just kind of, that was my first one. And so like, I wouldn't be as into Texas tech football without that first moment, you know? Um, so that was mine. Uh, so Brooks, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you. Um, Go ahead and give the people uh, your all-time favorite moment, the one that you and Dustin are sharing together. Yeah, so I think this moment will be a lot of Tech fans. I wonder if you polled Tech fans how many, what percent of this <laughs> moment would be their favorite moment. But we're taking it back to November 1st of 2008. <laughs> remember, remember the 1st of November. And it's when the number one ranked Texas Longhorns rolled into town, college game day rolled into town, and Texas Tech ends up defeating the Longhorns 39 to 33 on the most iconic play in Texas Tech football history. Graham Harrell, deep strike, crab tree, pulls free, touchdown, Red Raiders, Red Raiders, with one second to go. We storm the field like 50,000 times before the game's over. I think Dustin's got some good stories on that. Uh, I still got the, that newspaper nice. from the day after. Burned orange. It was a full page, full page thing. Oh, it's like stuck together. Um, so, yeah, that that's the, my number one moment. And, and I'll give my experience on it. And then we'll let Dustin kind of finish up and tell his from the student side. So I was a senior in high school. Uh, during this game, I was sitting there with my family at this game. Of course, game day was in town, so game day had never been to Lubbock. So me and my dad had to had to go to game day. Game day was crazy. Of course, Coach Knight was the guest picker and came with the iconic line, I dearly hope we beat their ass when uh, asked to pick who was going to win the game, which was a huge, uh, you know, huge crowd. We had an awesome team that year. We had the offensive linemen who were crazy and Brandon Carter who would paint his yeah. face. And, you know, from my the memories of that game, it was the most electric sporting event like I've ever been at. That atmosphere was nonstop, start to finish, just buzzing. And I've never been at a game like that where just the emotions and everybody was so amped up the entire time. And then, of course – you know, you lead the whole game. You're playing really well. You're expecting to win. Texas comes down, drives, takes the lead. And you're like, here we go again. This always happens to us. We're always in a good position to beat them. And then they pull some shit out at the end and beat us. We're driving down the field. We got, you know, the pass to Britain that bounces off his hands. And we think it's picked off. But no. It's incomplete. We have another shot. And then, you know, from where I'm sitting, I'm basically at the yard line where the play started from, where the ball was snapped. That's kind of where our seats were. And so, um, yeah, the ball goes opposite side of the field. Crabtree has the catch. Me and my dad have never just, like, hugged for that long in my entire life. We were so excited. We have rare opportunities in our lifetime to beat Texas and especially a Texas team that was number one. And on that night when you were number seven, 
it was just incredible. The feeling was awesome. Watching the field get stormed was crazy. It was one of the wildest nights of Texas Tech football that I can remember. And it's obviously a feeling that I don't think we'll ever reach again. But um, awesome night. So, Dustin, what was your perspective from the student section? So, Brooks mentioned he was on that 35, 30-yard line that they started to play from. I was actually in the end zone that it happened, that corner of the end zone. Oh, that's so good. So that ball's coming towards me. I still couldn't believe it. Also, shout out to number 12, Earl Thomas, for not trying on this play. Watch him. Yeah, yeah. you he suck, Earl. Like, you just like, yeah, I'll walk right by that. <laughs> Thank you, Earl. <laughs> and so it was just, I mean, the scene of the November 1st game, Halloween-type game, the student section is dressed up in anything from, you know, pirates to bananas to, you know, mass rider type people. Jokers. Literally everything in between. Yeah, Jokers, Batman, everything. It was stupid. And a night game at Texas Tech with that kind of atmosphere. And I know Brooks kind of mentioned it. We don't get to beat Texas often, especially a team that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is still, you know, over 10 years ago when Texas was – Two was, or three years of coming off a national championship. They're number one in the country for most of the year. They have tons of NFL talent on this team. Um, we also Jordan I mean, Shipley. Jordan Shipley. Jordan and Shipley and they were the roommates. roommates. Yeah. Roommates. And I mean, we played a great game. And literally, if that game goes five more minutes, Texas beats us. They we literally ended it when we needed to. I mean, Harold threw for over 400 yards. We called a great game. We played pretty good defense. Um, yeah, 474 yards from Graham. I mean, the pick six. Um, we didn't make many errors besides letting uh, – what's his name? Return Jordan Shipley return a punt on us when he was the best return man in the – Yeah, and, and we got blocked point. in the back twice on that play, and they but, pulled the flag I back. Mean, Big 12 officiating. We also complete that pass, which is like a 40-yard pass because you should never throw it across yeah. the field for about 35 yards into double coverage <laughs> and complete it. I mean, the play is just stupid of how deep it is. Yeah. And like, who's involved in that play? And literally, the window yeah. is so, so damn small. And the fact that Harold just lets it rip from about the 35-yard line to the opposite five and Crabtree catches it somehow stays in bounds. And then, yeah, I mean, wild scene. And also, yeah, the student section rushed the field twice. I did zero of those just to <laughs> make sure we have that on record. I did not rush the field until the final buzzer went off. Um, it was also wild that we kicked off from like the eight yard line. Oh, yeah. Because the, the fans got us, the students got us to uh, just the interception. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just. <laughs> I just remember that and being like, the band is on the field. That's all I was thinking of when we were kicking yeah. off from there. I was like thinking the band is on the field. We if we're going to lose this game, this would be how. Yeah, we rushed after the touchdown because there's technically one second left. Then the dumbass students were already on the field. They kind of just pushed everybody back to the wall. So most students are yeah. still technically like on the sidelines. And then after the extra point, which time does not run for – they rushed field again and <laughs> make us yeah. kick from like the eight. And of course, Jordan Shipley's back there. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Oh, it was very nerve wracking at the very end there. 
utter chaos. Just amazing play in, in that. And him like just running through the end zone like yeah. that was yeah. awesome too. I mean, what a crazy play and also a great call by yeah. that game day crew to help him and, out. And I yeah, Joel, Musburger. Uh, Paul McCoy's dumbass face. Uh-huh. Musburger's <laughs> call like, oh. of it. Musburger's Must call of it was legendary. Um, yep. Just all of it. You know, and of course, Crabtree, just the athleticism of that to just catch it, stay in bounds, and then make the final leap into the end zone. There was so many moments in that game that, like, I will remember forever. There's the, uh, of course, like their first play of the game, we got the safety. And yeah. at that point of the game, I was like, this is the loudest I'm ever going to hear the stadium. And when they got the safety, but then every time a big play happened, it was so loud in there. When we had the pick six, it was going crazy. And then, of course, after the Crabtree, it was just pandemonium. It was just the wildest thing. I don't think I stopped hearing ambulance sirens and stuff like that in Lubbock that whole entire night. <laughs> of course, I was just 18, and I was a goody two-shoes in high school, so I was just at home with my family. But <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a, a little, little innocent Brooks. Uh, what happened? It's all innocent, but, yeah, huge victory, fun times. Time. I just love to rewatch this game every now and then and think about – just the drive, How? even just the just even the, the last yeah. drive there, like there's so much that could have easily gone wrong, and it just ends up going like uh, what Dustin mentioned with that 35 yard pass across the field over over one defender and you know in front of another one, and it's a stupid pass. It is kind of. it, I, no no shoulder. it is not should be the call back shoulder yeah. back Great. shoulder for like okay. 35 plus yards. Great pass, bad idea. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, he put that the one place you could put that. Yeah, and, you know they say in the in the end interviews between him and Crab, he's like, "We got the best receiver in the country. I'm just gonna throw it over to him, and he's gonna make a play." And that's what he freaking did. Legend, um, legend. All right, and we're all thinking field goal too. I remember my dad so, being like, "Oh man, you say that." I called it before this game because that's the year we had the walk on Matt Williams. Williams. And I said, you know what, Matt Williams is probably going to win the Texas game for us. Yep. And if that Crabtree play goes as planned, where it he just gets pushed out of bounds by Earl We're Thomas or number win. three there, yeah. then we just kick it for the win. <laughs> we didn't need to, but that's how it should have went. But if you remember, too big of a beast. But if you remember, that game was an odd kicking game because Linwood had come in and he had been perfect, and I think he missed one and had one blocked in that game. And yeah, he went then we two for three, two for three. Yeah. Yeah. So he had one blocked, and I think Charbonnet was. So we were just like, who's going to kick this if we have to kick well, a field goal? Yeah. Donnie Corona also kicked one from Corona. Uh, he had the freaking Donnie leg, Corona. But no, he didn't have any height on his kicks. So he was, yeah, just guy. kicked it right into the line every single time. <laughs> Oh, wow. so many nerves in that game. My dad, my dad was like you. He's like, this game's gonna come down to Linwood. Yeah. That's that's how sports are. The walk yeah. on, the the kid who kicks the freaking Linwood field goal and gets signed is gonna come down and beat Texas. And then, of course, Crabtree just was like, "No, nah, I got it, fam." <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Crabtree. Left. Uh, it was. It's about an epic as a catch can get. Um, oh yeah, it was. You know, up there for an SB. Uh, I think it would have won SB for like best play of the year, except for the Super Bowl was won on a last second catch too. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, man, it's definitely a in general a college football play that 
the whole country remembers. Oh yeah, yeah, that always will be. And part of part of why Crabtree is is even still, I think, <laughs> still a respected receiver. Like, oh yeah, o- always will in be in the one. college ranks. And, and like oh, Dustin even, said last week in his in his Wes Walker moment, you know that picture of Wes running down. Well, that there's so many pictures of that Crabtree catch, which are just everywhere, all over. You know, yeah. any tech place you go to, you'll see that. Uh, That's the two so, biggest. Yeah, one. that I mean lives on in tech history and will probably be their best moment in tech history unless yeah. Wells and company can figure this. Crap yeah, out. definitely expecting Wells to put up big moments. Um, so um, I think it's going to kind of wrap up. That was our top five. Do we have any honorable mentions? Again, I didn't really kind of think ahead to, to, to plan any honorable yeah. mentions as far as big time favorite moments or ones that would have been maybe six through 10, but, uh, Dustin, uh, do you, do you have any down there? I know Brooks is packing. Not, oh, not any bet. that Brooks hasn't already mentioned in his top five. I had the Dwayne Slay hit, obviously. Yeah. I just didn't want to double up on that earlier in the couple episodes. But I think that one also ranks up there with national Texas Tech recognition yeah. of Dwayne Slay almost killing a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, Brooks, um, honorable mentions. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about it. Honorable mentions. Yes. Top, top Texas Tech moments that didn't make your top five. So, obviously, all of mine are going to be from the Leach era, basically. Uh, nothing good has happened since. So, um, the first one I have on my honorable mention will be 1999 season. And this is when we beat a top five Texas A&M team, 21 to 19 at home. This is my first time that I'd... I had ever seen the uh, field goal post get torn down. And so that's kind of why I remember this moment. My dad grabbed me and like ran, like after they took the field goal post to Memorial circle. Yeah. And my dad ran me and I was like, he was holding me up on his shoulders and I had my hand cause I was helping him carry the goal <laughs> post. Of course. It was the first time I remember us really beating A&M. So that's kind of why that I threw that on there. Uh, through in the 2004 when we beat Nebraska 70 to 10 because I mean that yeah. was a fun game you never get to beat Nebraska like that that was fun uh, I've also got the bowl game from 2004 where we beat a little quarterback known as Aaron Rodgers and our running back known as Marshawn Lynch in the holiday bowl 45 to 31 that was a good moment Ooh, I didn't know about that one actually Yep. Uh, he had guaranteed victory. I remember Cal was number four going into that ball game. They were pissed because they didn't make a BCS ball. So they thought they were just going to roll over us. And uh, a sunny Cumbie, a sunny Cumbie led Red Raider team defeats them 45 31. Like it. Um, 2006 against AM, they're running back. Y'all might remember him, Javorski Lane. Um, Christ, I hate him. Thicker than the whole football field, Javorski Lane guaranteed a victory mm-hmm. over us, and then we went ahead, beat him thirty-five to seven at home. I have that as that one was good, just because the whole crowd was ch- chanting "guarantee" like the whole second half. Oh shit! Um, Two thousand and seven, we upset the number fourth ranked Oklahoma Sooners thirty-four to twenty-seven. Uh, to end their chance at a national championship that year. And then the last one I threw on the following week after beating Texas, we destroyed Oklahoma State 56 to 20. And that one was just fun because, you know, you just beat Texas. You were given the number two ranking and number nine Oklahoma State came rolling into town. 
And I think a lot of people thought maybe our game was a fluke and we we're going to lose that. And then we just freaking pummeled, a, you know, Oklahoma State and kind of maintained that number two ranking until Oklahoma knocked us off. But, you know, those were a really fun two weeks. We had Musburger and Kurt Herbstreit calling both of those games, which we like never get those guys. So just huge two weeks in Lubbock back to back and just super fun to be at those games. Hell yeah. And yeah, so that's kind of it after, you know, Leach is gone. There's really nothing. There's really no, no sunshine on this. A lot of good mentions there. A lot of good mentions. And I was a student during a lot of those and got to rush the field for a lot of those times. And those are always good to rush the field. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're lucky that we've, We've had a lot of good moments. Uh, we're not like some of these programs that, you know, oh, yeah. have just been terrible their whole lives. So, you know, thankful for those leech years that give us some of these things to make this segment actually interesting. Oh, yeah. uh, other than being <laughs> like, I don't know, Kansas or what some of these other schools. But that's that's all uh, I've gotten so far. So thanks for rubbing that in. It's fine. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, I just got there late. I got there late. It's okay. You got there. You got there past the the good times, but I mean, moments are personal. So everything, everything's good. We've had some time since then. Just you and far between. Um, so that is going to wrap up our club red segment for the week. Again, uh, we're going to be doing this weekly. We're going to try this out for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have a couple of big interviews coming around. So be uh, following us on social media. To find out uh, who that interview is, we'll be posting it the day of, uh, and that way you can kind of catch those interviews either live or, if you want to, on the recording. But this is going to be the wrap-up for Club Red. Uh, Stay tuned on the live if you want to be catching the rest of our NBA segment and the rest of our show. Um, But we're going to go ahead and close out Club Red, and um, we'll catch y'all later. Catch y'all at the next tailgate. (laughs) 